Welcome back, movie lovers. We absolutely missed you last week, but we're here with an absolutely jam-packed movie review episode of some of the biggest movies that have come out this year. We have you covered for four massive movies. Uh, All kind of came out at the exact same time. Uh, We had to miss a little bit of last week. Uh, we've, We've had some very different schedules uh, but we somehow managed to fit in a ton, a ton of movies, Jake. So how are you doing? You took a little trip to Niagara Falls this weekend. How was that? Yeah, it was good. We, me and my girlfriend just suddenly- oh, This just, is Cinemates. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hi. Welcome to Cinemates. I'm Jake. Take that, one week off. That's my Jose Collins. Yeah, we, we're already forgetting our intro. It was good. We just suddenly decided, we're like, hey, why don't we go to Niagara Falls? We did. And me working with the Raptors, I got a lot of discounts. Look at me just flexing my, my Flex job it on up. everyone. And uh, we got to go and do like do under the falls, so journey under the falls for free, which was nice. And normally that's like not a cheap thing to do, and I've never done that. And I haven't been to Niagara Falls since I was a kid, so going oh, and doing really? nightmares again. Went to it's the... so much better as an adult. It's uh, like a, it's a it's a adult theme park. It it's is. The, it's one of the, my favorite places in the world. Driving up to it, you're kind of like, what is this place? Because it feels like very much like you're in Uncanny Valley a little bit. Like you walk in, there's just giant yeah, it's, advertising it's for everything. Massive. It's cool, though. Went to do Nightmares. Scared my girlfriend. It was a lot of fun. Got a shot glass. Oh, hell yeah. And that was my, uh, that was my day in Niagara Falls. I love Niagara Falls. Yeah. I One of my favorite cities. Wish I could stay a little bit longer than we did. We were only there for like a couple hours, but... Oh, you didn't go for like a night? No. Oh. It was, it was a day Buddy, trip. Buddy, you, you gotta do the whole thing. They had the lights experience. up, though, so they had the, the Christmas lights. The Christmas lights were pretty nice. You ever do like Celebrity, where you walk around and you sort of pretend one of your friends is Celebrity? No. Is that uh, a thing you do? When la- one of the last times I went to Niagara Falls, <laughs> um, we like we're just all like, oh, let's do suits, you know? Like we're, we'll take a take a do like as much as we can in Niagara Falls. Like we went to the clubs, we did everything, we did all of the bachelor party experience. It wasn't for a bachelor party, it was for a birthday party. Okay, uh, but we were all dressed sort of very differently, almost like the, the show Entourage. <laughs> so we kept pretending that one of our friends was like a celebrity when people would walk around, like. You have security and then, like, sort of, like, block people from walking and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rumor got around the hotel that there was, like, a celebrity in the hotel. Oh, no. And there was a bachelorette party beside us. And then we were, like, uh, one of us was in the hallway or an elevator with them. And they're, like, did you guys hear about the – there's, like, a, a guy from a band here staying here. I think he's, like, right next door to us. And like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I think that's cool. And we, like, walked in the room that they were talking about. It was awesome. Everybody was like, ooh, that's so bizarre. And the whole front desk believed it, too. Isn't it crazy how people become sheep so fast? Yeah. I used to do that in London all the time. I used to pretend <laughs> I was on Degrassi. Oh, my God. Of course. I, I I did that once at a club, and then I threw, like, a party, like, a year later, and a girl, like, some random girl came up, and she's like, I, I have, like, a photo photo with you. Were you on Degrassi? <laughs> and then, like, showed a picture <laughs> that I took with her. It's super funny. Anyhow, you just yeah. love messing with everyone, don't you? That's such a fun game. I don't think you can really pull it off now because, like, the more you age, the more it's just not believable. Like, it, to be a movie star or, like, on television, you have to be a very certain level of sexy. That's true. That, like, uh, if you're not trying to stay with that every day, you're not going to be sexy all the time. I'm certainly not sexy enough to pull that off, that's for <laughs> sure. There's a reason I have a voice for radio. <laughs> Anywho, uh, you and I watched a ton of movies. Yeah, no, um, okay. Kate, you got to add a little bit more background to that. Not just a ton, like in a f- like three day span. Yeah. So I've been working on uh, a morning show. So I'm waking up at three thirty every day, and I'm home at nine thirty in the morning. So I have a ton of time, 
in between. How are whatever. you not depressed? Uh, you know, the first couple of days I was like, this is so easy. It's only Thursday, so it's been four days of this. <laughs> I'm so over it. I like it's super easy. Like getting up is fine. Like going to bed is fine for me. It's the fact that you have the rest of the day. Like I almost wish I could stay up all night, but I just I'm just not a person who could do that. Mm. Like I, I, I what time have you been going to bed? At? Eight thirty. Yeah. So it's almost your bedtime. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm staying. <laughs> I'm literally staying up to do this. Uh, but, it's basically midnight mates all over yeah. again. Look at well, that. yesterday I worked till like eleven thirty, um, so I tried oh to nap God. before then, and then only got like three hours of sleep. Uh, I napped before I came here. It's like you're already in the business. Look at you. Yeah, like on it. I hate napping. Like I, I do not like napping. But in order to do this, like you have to nap. Mm. So I mean, it's it's definitely a a certain schedule. But I, listen, if I if I was like fully working on the show in the morning, I would love it. Like I would totally adjust my schedule to this. It's just I don't know where I'm going to be next week. I don't know what I'm going to my hours are going to be. So it's hard to like pre plan how I want to sleep. Speaking of next week, we might not also be on a regular time as well. I will be off in Montreal for next week. So. Yeah, where are you going? I'm going to AEW. Remember in June, I think I talked about on the podcast, I went to AEW for a little bit. I'm going again. Get Hell to, yeah. Get to cover AEW. They have a two-day event going on in Montreal. First time they're in Montreal. So I get to go watch Edge, Adam Copeland, face off against Christian. Toronto's very own. Toronto's very own. So that's going to be a huge match. I'm excited for that. Hell yeah, dude. I'm very Plus, excited. I love Montreal. Montreal's like my favorite place in the world to go. Mainly because really? I always used to go for Oshiega during the summer. And it's just such a vibe every time. And I love their bagels. And I, their food's really good, poutine. So I get to go, get get some Schwartz, get some Schwartz sandwiches. Can I go La, La Belle Provence? Maybe. Get some hot dogs? Maybe. It's a good place, man. It's a fun Sandy place Sandy Bear's chicken is like coming uh, west now, eh? Is it? Yeah, a lot of that. I think they're opening some in Ottawa now. Quebec let that happen? Hand. Yeah. I didn't think Quebec let anything happen. No, apparently. <laughs> That's crazy. I might be making that up. But I, I thought I heard that last time I was in Ottawa. Okay. Well, so I'll be gone until about Thursday. So maybe you guys will get a Friday day episode of Cinemax. Who knows? we got to figure out what Mike's schedule looks like because he's so neurotic with his schedule right now that we'll figure it out. We'll be fine. Anyways, movies. Yeah, speaking of exciting, why don't we talk about a movie that we both uh, watched? You were very high on uh, a certain movie. Uh, I was... I think about as high as I could have been for a movie like this. We watched The Hunger Games Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. First of all, longest title in the world. Unnecessarily long, I might add. This is the prequel book to The Hunger Games trilogy slash four movies. The books. It was based off of a book. Yes, yes. This was written. Famously big Hunger Games fan, Mike Mike Jose Collins. I have recently watched these movies, by the way. Like, this is... It's funny that this movie came out because I I watched all of them this year. I think every five episodes you remind us that you've watched the show (laughs) the Hunger Games movies. So let's get into this, shall we? Years before he became the tyrant president of Panem, 18-year-old Cornelius Snow remains the last hope for his fading lineage. With the 10th annual Hunger Games fastly approaching, the young Snow becomes alarmed when he's aligned to mentor Lucy Gray Baird from District 12. Uniting their instincts for showmanship and political savvy, they race against time to ultimately reveal who's a songbird and who's a snake. I'm going to let you... (laughs) Uh, crazy description, first of all. Shout out Wikipedia. I'm going to let you take point on this one because you sure, sure. the big Hunger Games fan that you are. Uh, I really, I, I think this performance is going to get really like put under the radar, but Tom Blythe as Cornelius Snow was so amazing in this movie. I want to see a lot more of this guy. I actually really, really, really loved what he was doing in this movie. He was the only person who was really delivering anything for me in this movie. Rachel Ziegler uh, sings a lot 
in this movie oh, way more than ever. you think. Uh, way more, like I said, she sings a lot. It's way more than you think she's going to sing. She sings so much in this movie. She's got a tremendous voice. And I, I truly, like, really liked some of the songs in this. It's It was way too much of them. You saw my um, review. Yeah. you. That was the only thing you disliked about the movie? Uh, no. no. <laughs> okay, so this movie is, it's a prequel, and it tries to fit so much plot in the first two hours that it is so confusing. It's like just YA smut. Like, it's just bizarre. Like, here, remember this, too? It's also like throwing random crap at you that, listen, your audience doesn't really know that much about the Hunger Games anymore. It's been like a decade. As much as there's like hardo fans and stuff, like, you're, the, the, the calls that you're making back to them don't really work. Anyway, sorry, sorry, I'll just say, my, my biggest point is that it throws way too much plot at you. The performances are, like, really bad. Rachel Ziegler has a horrible southern accent. I don't know movie. what that accent I was. I don't know what the point of that was. No. Uh, Schwartzman is good. Uh, Viola Davis is really bad, and I could not stand Peter Dinklage in this movie. Uh, and that's a he's whole just... other conversation of I don't think he's a good actor. Uh, listen, as much as you can say about your Hunger Games, ever since the Destiny, he got fired from a video game for how boring he was. I forgot about that. He got <laughs> fired from a video game because he was boring. Yeah. They made the whole game, released it. People were like, why is this the worst acting performance ever? And he got fired and replaced. And this is just more further proof that he really is trying to do something. Listen, you have to try to play this over the top. Like Viola Davis really goes over the top, but because it is like a, a young adult, like stupid. Um, by the way, the names in this movie are awful. Every name is the stupidest name I've ever heard, ever. Uh, but the movie is a lot of fun. Like, it's way too long. It's, the last hour is unbearable. It makes absolutely no sense. The characters are really interesting, the, the main two characters. Like, the actual plot of it is interesting. They just try to put so much plot on you that it doesn't really work for me. Um, but I like this movie, I think, as much as somebody can for a bad movie. It's not a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. So here's where I stand with this movie is that you gave this three and a half stars. By the way, this is this is how I want to open this up. I'll get to which that. Which is insane. No, no. I I need you to explain how you gave this movie three and a half stars. The dialogue is terrible. The acting is terrible. The sets don't really look good. But the but I, I listen. It does do a pretty fine job of world building. Like I believe people live in Pan Am. But beyond that, the the world that I'm supposed to believe that this in is really bad. So I'm very confused how you give this three and a half stars. It's an interesting movie because I was sitting there, and the more that it went on, I was kind of like, "Why is this still happening?" And yeah, there's there's a an hour too long, and the hour too long has it just did not need to be there. But here's my main issue with that is that it's an hour too long, but it's also like two hours too short. And there is a talk with Francis Lawrence, who's the director of this, and he's also directed a bunch of the other Hunger Games films, that said that oh, we wanted to make this two films originally. Like, this was going to be set out to be two films because the book is long. Like, it's not a short book. Yeah. And it was set to be this long, sprawling fantasy. And then they were like, oh, well, Mockingjay Part 2 wasn't very good, and that one was stretched out too long, so we should probably just put it into one. And that's where my main issues with the film lies is that there's a lot of good in there, and I think the relationship around Snow and Lucy Gray is interesting. Dude, uh, they're great characters. They have no chemistry together. At, surf- <laughs> at surface level, it is an interesting dynamic. It, it is. The two characters are really good. I want I want to put that. Like, it is interesting what they're trying to do. I don't... My, my issue with that is nobody asked for this story. Like, I did not care to learn about these people. 
but they did do a good job with the snow character. I think that is fine. But they just had no chemistry. They did, but it, it moved too really fast. Work. It moved especially yeah, that last yeah, yeah. hour because one But the last hour moved so fast, but it didn't mean anything. Yeah. And that's a lot of the issues with the film is that it just it's weirdly paced and their relationship is like you do kind of get involved in their relationship because it is a good dynamic of here's the rich, here's the poor, and how does it work with the Hunger Games in the middle of them? And I think that is a good dynamic to build around. The issue with me with this film is that the Hunger Games itself was not necessarily as interesting as I thought it would have been. And it was kind of, I get, it's the early form of the Hunger Games. It's supposed to be this dialed back in a coliseum, like battle to the death versus the long sprawling Hunger Games that was of what Katniss did in the 74th Hunger Games. But if it felt like it was missing that gravitas a lot for me in the second yeah. act. And I think for that to be a little bit more effective, it would have made it a lot more enjoyable. The third act is really where I think the film does fall off because the completely second, act, the second act is fine. Like It's completely watchable and yeah. it's enjoyable while you're doing it. I'll give it. you that. It's full I, of, I wouldn't necessarily say it's enjoyable, but it is. It's, it's full of YA like, schmuck. You, you have a, if, if you're into the Hunger Games, you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's, But I don't think anybody enjoys the last hour. It's very uncanny. You know what I was w- lo- wanting? I wanted more gore. And I, I know it's a YA film. It's a pretty gory movie for a, it cuts it's away like a PG from everything. Movie. He stabs a teenager through the heart with a trident, or, or she did. Like, that's where's insane. the blood though? It's a really gory movie <laughs> for a PG movie. Like, it's really gory for a teen movie. <laughs> what? Sure. Uh, when the Hunger Games is over is when I think the movie really could have used is where I think that they cut out so much of the book, which was supposed to be exploring their relationship more when they actually go back to the districts itself, and. You're missing that because, spoiler alert, I'm sure everyone has seen the movie that's once seen the movie by now because it's been out by two weeks. So it's your fault at this point. When Tom Blythe's character, Snow, goes back and he's assigned to District 12 to go and see Lucy Gray, that was his, his mindset. It's like, I'm going to go back and find her. And they find each other. There's like maybe two scenes in a row of them like showing their relationship before he's immediately like, Brutal. I'm leaving. And he's it's it's a strange like disconnect because it feels like this is when you should be building more and really capitalize on when they eventually yeah. leave each other. It really like you're right. Those scenes it loses the entire it energy everything. of the movie. The energy is just zapped from the movie at that point. And it's also filled with really stupid callbacks to the original Hunger Games. It, it's so dumb you that crap. What, you know what I call this? The Katniss. Yeah, uh, brutal, <laughs> brutal. Um. But like, and that's the points where I, I wish that they just explored the districts more. Like they had such a chance to be when you're in these districts yeah. to go and explore. And this is a Hunger Games issue in general. Like, I get that this franchise hasn't been really done anything in the last ten years, and that mainly is just based off of Suzanne Collins. If she's going to write a new book, that's when they say they're going to make films. But there's so much potential based off of this franchise that you can explore with every single Hunger. Games. There's like, they've done two Hunger Games that they or like three Hunger Games that they've shown. They've shown the seventy fourth, the seventy fifth, and now the tenth. You have a whole near almost a hundred years to explore of Hunger Games, and it's always dialed down to District Twelve. Yeah, just it, it, District is, Twelve, which is really weird because it's what I'm saying. Like, I understand that this is a book, but nobody was asking for this to be made into a movie. Nobody care. Nobody really was asking to listen to, about this story. I didn't there was like so Snow much that other much stuff. In the I really. Oh, in the like the original movies? No, I didn't. I didn't yeah, care too much. I, that's what Snow. I'm saying. Like, what was the point of making that character? Um, the the point of interest, Cornelius. He d- he definitely doesn't do what Donald Sutherland is doing, but he does a really good job. Tom Blythe's great. I d- I have a question for you because this is this is my biggest issue with the movie. At the end of the movie, so Snow have has this like triumphant moment at the end, and he walks out um, uh, upon the world, and he's going to shape the games as he wishes, which is shown in the trailer. Yeah, well, well, <laughs> he has this moment, and he walks out, and that's the end of the movie. 
what are you supposed to feel? I don't know. That's what I mean. I think the motivations towards the end was just so fast that well, you don't feel yeah. a lot of his change in his character, and especially when no, him. And but Lucy... even like, am I supposed to be like, oh, I can't wait till the next Hunger Games movie to watch him like make the Hunger Games and kill kids more? Like, th- th- I didn't understand the ending. I think he's supposed to be in the place that you expected Snow to be in, but it, it doesn't do an effective job of getting there because it feels like the relationship is cut so short and then all of a sudden he's like, I hate people now. And it's like a really weird, it's jarring disconnect. It's so odd. So, yeah, why did I give this film three and a half stars? Yeah, first I'm of very all, confused. First of all, I didn't. I lowered the score. I, oh. lowered, I lowered it to three. Mainly... Oh, to three still. Even then, it's a little... Because it's watchable for me. I think that the dialogue is really bad, but I did like the performances. Yes, I, I, I put this in my review, by the way. You are banned from the I Like Good Dialogue movie club now no. because you gave this movie three and a half stars. No. I think Tom Blythe, this is a performance breaking role for him. Like I, I think, think he was so good. He's very good. Rachel Zegler is very good. Like she's I, such an incredible singer. And she's why did they give her a country accent? Oh, it's, it's too why much. Why does she have a southern? She's accent? still good with it though. Like it's she's very yeah. believable. Uh, regardless of what you say, I like Peter Dinklage. I he's just doing Game of Thrones in this movie, so it's fine. I Jason Schwartzman was my MVP. He was great. <laughs> he, he he was actually really really good. As, as Lucky Flickerman, Hunter when, Schaefer, I did not like. Viola it, Davis, it was a I weird did not role like. for Hunter Schaefer. I feel like they just kind of. Sh- I've seen Hunter Schaefer. Everyone's seen Hunter Schaefer being so electric on screen, and they just reserved her so much to a role that confines her yeah, and doesn't show odd. her talents. I wanted a lot more from her, so I was a little bit disappointed. Viola Davis is just like an over-the-top crazy. It was villain. so odd. What was and okay? What really bothered me is like, listen, I, I made my review. I watched the movie, and these are all my thoughts. Uh, but then it's interesting to go see what other people think of movies, especially a movie like this where it's not necessarily geared towards me. This was definitely for like trying to get new kids into the Hunger Games and Hunger Games like uh, people who are really really into it into those types of movies. So like watching somebody do something like that, the reviews were like, ah, you know, people are bad, but Viola Davis is really bringing something. Oh, it's really good. Viola Davis was crap. It, it fell so flat. You you have to go over the top, and I understand what they mean by this world is so kind of stupid. It is kind of stupid. Like their names are dumb. The name thing really bothered me. The names are horrible. Uh, Can but, I read you but some she, of these names? Yeah, sure. But she just went so bizarre, and the way that they made her look was stupid. It, it was really dumb. I I felt like it was like they just inserted like a Tim Burton horror villain into this movie that, that just did not work for me. And listen. You can like Peter Dinklage is fine. This was not a good performance. No, it's it, he's he's coasting through the movie. He's coasting through this movie. He's doing like a, a completely scaled back version of Game of Thrones. Like it's just he's the exact. Yes, but you can't do that with the dialogue that you're given. No, like I know. Viola Davis was at least trying to do something. It didn't really work, but she was trying to do something. Peter Dinklage doesn't try to do anything. He's just taking this money and like pretending that he's delivering something to you. Like it's crap. Yeah. He, he might have the worst performance. Well, actually, I think Hunter Schaefer, but I don't blame them for that performance. I, but I do blame Peter Dinklage for his performance. Can I read you these names now? God, man, they're so bad. Sejanus Plinth. Volumnia. Plinth. <laughs> Plinth, brother. He, they, they say that name so many times in the movie. Sorry, my bad. Volumnia Gull. <laughs> Casca Highbottom. Tigris Snow. Tigris. Jeez, did you watch this movie, dude? I watched this like seven days ago. What do you expect from Hilarious Heavens, Heavensby. Festus Creed. Pliny, er, Pliny Harrington. Festus Creed. Urban Canville. Apollo Ring. Lystra's Vickers. Clementia Dovecoat. <laughs> like, they're just insane names. Uh, 
it's fine. So yeah, I gave it three stars. Like it's completely watchable. I think there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna go out there and be like, "Oh, that was so good!" Like it brought yeah, me back to the. You universe. know what though? Like you could have a lot of fun with this movie. Yeah, of course you could. But there's so much potential with this franchise, and I feel like they've cornered themselves because they just refuse yeah. to explore it more. And now you have a chance to go do it because you've reintroduced the world. Why not make it like a TV show? Why not have like a season of the Hunger Games oh, every I don't time? Want that. No. I it could do so much this better. Movie didn't do very well, by the way. Like it was a success because it's made it made some money, but the first like the Hunger Games movie made like over three billion dollars. Yeah, but like a hundred million. That's also a, no, it's at over two hundred million, but it's it's at over two hundred million. Yeah, oh, it, it, this is just the state of the box office as it is right now. Like that's a whole other conversation for another day. But there is people out there that are going and watching it. I just like you know. I don't think this movie's gonna get. It might get one more sequel. I think that whatever they decide to do, like I, I want them to go off of what Susanna Collins has done. I want them to just go do their own thing because there's so many districts, so many different variables. Yeah, there's so a lot more fun you could have. Yeah. And, and I did I did not like picking this story as the thing to, to do. No, I agree with that. But uh, you, you're right. You, you know what? I I, th- I think you're right. You can have a lot of fun with this movie. Shout out to Olivia Rodrigo, though. That song, the end credits. Wicked, bro. Fantastic. Bang. S- send that Oscar towards I her. liked the music in this. You hated it. I know you know what I enjoyed. I liked the aside from the hanging tree when they like mentioned the hanging tree. Oh my god, they're getting hung to the tree! Wow. Um, the song is different than the song that Jennifer Lawrence sang in Mockingbird, and I think that is interesting because it's like it was passed down because mm. Lucy Gray Barrett's version was like the original, and then Jennifer Lawrence was re- like singing an interpretation of what they thought it was because it was lost in translation. I think that's really smart, and that's like a really fun Easter egg versus the look at the Katniss plant. It's Katniss Evergreen, get it? And I think that Easter egg was a lot more fun to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Have you listened to the audiobooks sing the song? No. <laughs> it's so funny. God, it sounds nothing like the ones from the movie. I don't like audiobooks, man. I'm I'm an audiobook hater. They sound like yeah. Peter Dinklage in Destiny 90% of the time. I'm okay with the audiobook. You ever like on an airplane, you can't read or something, you just throw up or like on a train, but you want to read a book? Audiobook's I'm fine. I'm never on trains. A bus? Nah. I don't read on public transit. Who do you think I am? All right. Uh, What did you give it? (laughs) I give this movie two and a half stars, and I think that was the max that I could possibly give this. So I did, I did like kind of like the movie. I did really enjoy the concept of what it was trying to do. It just did it in such a horrible way, and it loses the energy all in the third act. Uh, The acting's terrible. The dialogue sucks. Uh, but the concept is really fun, and I think Tom Blythe is uh, a standout, and I want to see more, and I actually do want to see a sequel. I, I don't want to see a sequel to Snow. I, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, that was my, that's literally my biggest issue. You is just want to see out at the end, and I'm like, what am I supposed to feel from this? What did you set up for me here? Because I don't care what happens Dude, next. Did you I, I, I want to see more Tom Blythe. Did you not feel those drums in your soul? The as the the mockingbird came onto the screen and the so awful snakes. That's cinema. That's literally cinema. Yeah. All right, let's move on from this movie. I don't want to talk about the Hunger Games. You gave it three. I gave it three. So we're not far off. I. Three and a half was way too generous. I don't know why I gave it three and a half, to be honest, coming straight out of the theater. I just immediately was like, yeah, three and a half sounds right. No, it's not. It, it, I, I like forgot 90% of the stuff that happened right after the movie was done. <laughs> so Dream Scenario is the next yeah. film to talk about. Nicolas Cage's brand new film, A24, a family man finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. However, when his nightmare appearances take a when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, he is forced to navigate the consequences of his newfound stardom. 
I just got out of this one. Did you? You watched it today? Yeah. Okay. I love Nicolas Cage. This is just a full-on disclaimer. Sure, I, sure. I, I'm a huge fan of Nicolas Cage, and I think that he has really recently figured out a nice niche for himself to get into these roles where he can be over the top but at the same time contribute in such a special, unique way that only Nicolas Cage can do. And for what this film wanted to be as a black comedy, it is literally pitch perfect to what you would expect going into this film. It is about a man, a basic-looking man. He's got some balding in the head. He's, he's kind of weird-looking, but he's a basic, boring guy that you would not remember if you walked down the street and looked at him. All of a sudden, what would have happened if he showed up in your dream every single night? This weird scenario. And the satire around that is so fascinating and I think is so extremely well done. I'm a really big fan of this movie. I, I think it's a lot of fun. The comedy is really, really funny, especially when it comes to those dream scenarios and those nightmares. The, the, the montage of them like going through the students' dreams and showing him just sauntering out there, just staring at them from the Are corner. like Yoda? It's so funny. Students. Yeah, students. Uh, it's just really funny. And you wouldn't get that effect if it was anyone but Nicolas Cage because he just... Put yourself in that scenario. What if you're just dreaming all of a sudden some guy looking like Nicolas Cage showed up <laughs> and just stared at you and didn't help you in anything? And it's really interesting. And it took a different perspective than I thought it was going to be because I thought it was just going to be this, oh, like it's just this fun dreams. Like, oh, what happens? But then when it turns to nightmares, I think it really is when it becomes a lot more of a better film in my eyes. And I really just think that it's smartly handled versus a lot of like I don't know it's it's an interesting film to talk about because there's so many different perspectives well say what it's about it's about Nicolas Cage he's a professor and he starts appearing in people's dreams yeah and then he sort of becomes a celebrity and then Can't, those dreams about, turn to nightmares it's and about then, cancel culture in, in, in it's a, cancel in a culture nutshell. it's about celebrity yeah. and it explores celebrity and and it's handled that. very well because it's the satire is very interesting ha- interestingly handled and I, I just, it's an interesting movie, and I, I wasn't expecting it, because I you look at the trailer, and it's sold as this really dumb, cheesy, like, rom-com-ish, like, oh, he's in the dreams, oh, no, oh, shucks, uh, and it's not really that film, like, it's honestly, like, towards the end, you feel, like, you start to feel really bad for this guy, but it, it's, it's just handled really well, and from a director that I haven't heard nothing really about, Christophers or Borlegi, like, this is, like, one of his first mainstream films for him to come out there and to create a film like this that's wholly original and extremely fascinating and a differencing meta perspective on cancel culture i think it's just very well done handled what do you think yeah uh so i had so much time to watch so many movies and uh one of the problems with that is i'm on very different schedule than with my partner maddie who um, has a very different relationship to movies than I do. Um, sort of had, not like a troubled life, but uh, she finds what I think you and I find through movies, through different forms of art. So to see her connect with movies or, or something is, um, it's one of the best things in the world for me to see her connect with a piece of art uh, through a format that uh, she doesn't necessarily do that with. I would have loved to see her watch this movie. Mm. I think she would have really, really liked this movie. So I was really disappointed that I, I didn't get to watch this movie with her. And it was a movie that we wanted to watch together, but I knew that I, like we were doing this. And um, so I, I, I think I want to go see it again with her. Yeah, Nicholas Cage is brilliant. So good. He is so 
freaking good in this movie, and only he could do that. You're absolutely right. He does this so well. The dream sequences, it is so hard to do a good dream sequence. Every dream feels like a dream. It's just a little bit surreal. It's just like, oh, maybe is this reality? Is it's it's so brilliantly done. Everything that happens. Um, Michael Sarah is <laughs> so funny. Uh, that that whole is. scene is is amazing. Um, I think it's a really good movie. I, I I really like this movie, but it only explores one thing, and that is celebrity and sort of the culture of like, oh, there's this guy we all know him now, and then a week later, oh, but you know he did that one thing. Oh, now we don't like him. And, oh, he's in our nightmares. And I think it's a, it's a really interesting concept. Um, like how you said about the Hunger Games, I think it could have benefited from either having another hour or explored something else or cut down a bit because it really only explores one thing. And that's what I was kind of disappointed about because you get about to what it's trying to show you and then it only keeps talking about that. It only keeps talking about what it's already showed you and that's sort of the my only real knock on the movie. Either like make it an hour and show us a little bit more or cut it down a bit and we know what the movie's about. It moves on very fast from the celebrity part more towards the cancel culture part. And I get but that's it because, all it explores. Because that's and the, that's what I don't really like. It's about. supposed to be the 15 seconds of fame, like 15 minutes of fame. I, I get it. I get why they chose to do that. I just wish that there was a little bit more to bite on with that. And I agree with that. I think it is a little one note at points. But yeah. The one note is handled very well. It's handled really well. I, do, I really like this movie, by the way. Like, um, that is just my only note that I would, I would say I would give to this thing. I don't remember the last time I've seen a film that's like this weirdly original. and it, it's, it's really fun. It could have literally fell on its face within seconds. Yeah, because absolutely. Because you have that over-the-top character of Nicolas Cage in but this world. But he's not even really over-the-top. No. He's not o- I actually disagree. I don't think he's over-the-top at all. He's not even weird. He's just... Well... <laughs> he's just like... There's some points he's where he's... like a, a, a... He's an odd guy. I wouldn't say he's weird. He's so... He's not one dimension. I don't know how to describe this guy's character. It is like... It's a hard movie to describe, honestly. It's such a hard movie to describe. And like, I don't want to take... Like, I don't want to spoil so many things for people because I think it is a, better, a film better off that you don't know much about because I... From all I've seen from this film, like, this was at TIFF beforehand... I saw the one shot of Nicolas Cage standing in front of the car that said loser. That's all I saw. I never watched a trailer. I never saw anything until after the film. And it, it's just, it's so much better when you go in there not really knowing too, too much about the film because you're able to grab so much more. Like a lot of the cameos in the film are hilarious, first of all, because they put them in such really funny situations that you're like, of course they put them in that scenario. And I just, it's a better film to know nothing about. So like, that's why I'm kind of like, I'm more like reserved to talk about it because I just... I don't want people to be so like spoiled with everything. I want them to be going and have a good time because honestly, yeah. this might be Nicolas Cage's best performance. <laughs> like, oh, I'm willing. He's like, he's phenomenal in this thing. Pig was one of my favorite performances that he did before this, and that's a more restrained performance. But this is very much in the middle of Nicolas Cage being over the top versus like him being a bit more pulled back. And I think he he just wants to be a professor. That's what I think makes this role so fun and so yeah, I, he's ph- he's phenomenal. In this. Yeah. Can I can I talk about the cameos though quickly? I'm gonna say spoilers. So Ooh, I don't know. Movie, I want to talk about the cameos. They're so funny. Uh, spoilers. If anyone don't see, the, go see the movie if you haven't seen it yet because there's not too too much more to talk ah, about. Should you? I want to. Okay. I, I want to mention the cameos. So Noah Centineo, <laughs> the second his face popped up on screen, I was like, no, why? <laughs> why are they doing this to me? But 
pairing him with the idea of that you can now channel yourself to go inside of other people's dreams and sell them with ads was so, so funny because it literally is pitch perfect to what you would expect it to be. And I hate Noah Centineo. Like, I hate his guts. And to put him as such a detestable character with no, really, no dialogue lines, but you hate him within the first seconds he shows up because he's playing this what you would expect from a giant corporation to capitalize on and force that and shove it down your throats is great. Same with Nicholas Braun, another actor that I like a lot more, Cousin Greg from Succession. His role is so funny. Like He just has a couple lines in this, steals the whole movie for me. So funny. I love Nicholas Braun. Yeah, the it's just it's a really good film. I give it four stars in general. I think it's one of the more wholly original films of the year. And if you like a little bit of absurdity in your films, if you like a little bit more kooky sides, and if you like just it's a really good looking film too. Like it, it's just it's a good technically well made film. Great script, great performances, and I think I have fun with it. So I give it four stars. Hell yeah! What'd you give it? Uh, four stars. Yeah, we're aligned. Our katras are aligned with each other. Hell yeah, brother. Great movie. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, sorry. I just got a weird message. What's going on? <laughs> okay, I reviewed this place and I gave it a very bad review and I said this is like a really weird review or really people were very mean or yada yada and they're like we we investigated this incident and you're bullying us. We're going to contact your employer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like okay. Okay. So I just deleted it because it was okay. I don't know. I don't want anything to escalate beyond that. Oh. But also, I don't know. Maybe tell your staff to be freaking nicer. <laughs> oh, that's weird. It's very odd. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> it was super weird. So four stars? Yeah, four stars. Four stars are on the board. Anyhow, that was a very odd message to receive. You're bullying her and harassing us. I was like, we investigated the CCTV footage. Oh, okay. I was like, okay. I mean, I just asked your staff a question, and they were very rude to me. <laughs> Did so, you retaliate by? No, I, I said okay, and I just <laughs> left. Like, oh, that's bullying. Don't you know that? I literally just left. That's so weird. <laughs> Anyways, maybe that was a whole dream scenario. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You want to go to from one dream movie basically to the other? Saltburn. Dude, let's do Saltburn, brother. A student is invited to an eccentric classmate's estate for an exciting summer. Full full stop again, just a little bit of uh, about me. I am a sucker for class films. Whenever there's a hierarchy of class, I'm a big fan of it. Glass Onion, love that film. So Succession, one of my favorite shows. I had no idea what this film was about going into it. All I saw was Emerald Fennell, and I was immediately sold because I love Promising Young Woman. I think it's such a smart film, hilarious. And I think there's a little bit of an issue with coming out that strong with a debut because not only is it a great script, first of all, it is like it won an Academy Award. You know how hard that is to do? Your first go-around, and I get it. It was COVID. That doesn't diminish anything. It should have been nominated and probably would have been nominated regardless because the script is so good. And... You have that high of an expectation going into a film like this again because you're like, okay, it's their second. They can only grow and improve from there. And where I I stand on with Saltburn with that is that this film juggles so many different avenues within its two-hour runtime about this guy who's going to a mansion, staying over. He's he's the, the smartest kid in his school, and he's having difficulty making friends. And he comes across Jacob Elordi's character, so the Barry Keoghan befriends Jacob Elordi, and he's like, oh, 
why don't you come to my house and we can stay? And that's when you kind of get a little bit more into the meat of everything. And the script, for me at least, kind of falls apart when it tries to balance those three things because the film in general is that look at class hierarchy through the two perspectives, but it also is trying to balance Barry Keoghan's relationship with Jacob Elordi, and it's trying to do a little bit too many things that I think the script kind of falters a little bit downwards. The flip side of that is that this is one of the best technically looking, technically gorgeous looking films I've seen in a long time. And it really shows Emerald Fennell's growth as a director because Promising Young Woman was a stylistic film, but it didn't really grab you as a technical side. This film, however, is just literally a feast for the eyes. Emerald's direction is insane. Probably some of my favorite direction of the year. I loved the cinematography. Linus Sandgren, he's known for the Damien Chazelle films, Babylon, La La Land. So you know you're going to get something special there. The lighting in this film is really, really good. And he's able to play with that cinematography really well. And the decision to go into the Academy frame rate which is like the square box when you're watching the film, I think adds a little bit more to the relationship of these characters because they're put into a box, quite literally, and it helps make the intimacy a little bit better. But again, like my problems with the film lie a little bit more with that script because I think that everything was kind of a little bit half-baked when it could have been better explored. And I, as much as I wanted to love it, like it's a fun film, but it kind of goes a lot of different avenues in its scripting and that's kind of why i was like i liked it a lot like i i it's just it didn't stick with me as much as it did barry kyogen however shout out to him he can he came right back into being a little weirdo in this film (laughs) and those scenes where he kind of balances between being a little weirdo and then kind of being the sympathetic character i think only really barry kyogen can do that to you and he's put me in that hierarchy of like he's one of like the best up-and-comer actors out there and i think this is one of his better performances as well he's just He's a really good actor, and I really liked him in this film. Um, it's just a good movie, and I enjoyed it. I just think it, that it faltered a little bit at the script, but that like it doesn't matter because it's still like it's still a really good film, and I am excited to see what Emerald Fennell continues to do because she's still one of my favorite up and coming directors out there. And I like the film. I think it's a good movie. Don't know what movie you watched, but you thought the script was bad. Okay, why was the script bad? I just think it lacked some substance. And I just don't like it, it. It had a difficulty trying to balance what it was trying to do, like those different relationships. What was it trying to do? Well, it was trying to. Okay, so if I'm I wa- genuinely curious, what do you think this yeah, movie is so trying to do? He, here's how what I'll boil it down to: is that when I walk out of a theater and I hear someone go, "What was his motivations?" That's an issue, and I agree with that because it kind of feels like. As much as I enjoyed the ending of the film, and I think it kind of rained back a little bit from when I was stalled out a little bit towards the end, like I started to feel like, okay, like wait, where, where, where are we getting at? Like, how are you wrapping this up? It, it felt like the motivations weren't fully there for me from this character, and I think I had like a hard time really figuring out why it was necessarily done. And I'm trying, like, I'm trying to bounce around the main spoiler of the film, which, no, which happens. Dude, you just threw a bunch of cameos in. You can spoil. He wants to take Saltburn, which is the manor for his own. And he is lying to Jacob Elordi. He's lying about 
his entire life. So he was like, oh, my dad died and all this stuff to feel sympathy, to try to get some into the family and to find it where he work his way. And he basically kills all of them is what the film boils down to. It, it doesn't, I feel like, have as much of an emphasis on that part as I think it should have been because it felt a little bit more like, oh, towards the end, you're like, oh, that's like, I, I got it and I got why it happened. But also like, I, I don't No. Why did it happen? And that's what I mean. Like, you just I, said you didn't even understand his no, motivation. But that's why. Like, I, I like I, I was understanding when it was happening towards the end that he was the one that was doing it. And but I, I don't get why it happened. And that's where my issue is, is like the script could have been a lot tighter and it could have been a lot more focused on that when it felt like it was trying to focus on a bit too many things with the class between the two of them and his family dynamic with him and him exploring. What do you that. think the point of the class was? I don't really know, to be honest. Yeah, that's okay. I, I guess I'll give my review. That's my biggest thing. Yeah, I I don't know what the point of this movie is. Um, it's a, it's a great young cast. It's super funny. I really like the script. I'm surprised you did not like the script. I thought the script was one of the only things that was actually decent about it. Listen, promising young woman um, has a ton of flaws. Mm-hmm. I don't think that movie should have won that Oscar. I think that movie's a really good movie. Uh, but it had, we're told the motivation of that character, the character doesn't make a lot of sense. The end of that movie is, has has a thing that is like Armageddon, where like, why don't you just teach astronauts how to mine? It's like, she writes the note for the police, and it's like, well, yeah, they could have just not done that. Like, the, the end of that thing did not need it, and especially for a movie that that was important. But I think that because that movie won that Oscar, we're supposed to view this movie as something that's important, and it's just not. It's really funny. It's mm-hmm. a very funny movie. Um, but for a movie that is super funny and has a really well-done script, it relies so much on shock. Like, it's just shock comedy yeah. or shock moments, and it's nothing to do with, like, a theme that it's trying to present or nothing to do with a, a point of what the movie is. It's just shocking. Here's something shocking. Um, and it just it it doesn't really work. Um, and I think the biggest thing is... We don't understand the motivation for Barry Keoghan. We we have absolutely no idea what he wanted to do. They have a 15-year jump, um, and then he's he like danced around naked in saltburn, and he gets saltburn. And you're like, are we supposed to assume that he had this like master plot to like take it over at one point? That was what was implied. Uh, yes. Yeah, but like, wh- why? But why? I why? Don't know. I don't there's, know. There's no point, and and it talks about class struggle but it it doesn't because it's either the point of the movie completely misunderstands what the audience expects from a movie like this or it's literally about her who's rich who's lives who is a rich person when they made this movie um and it's about how listen being rich is a struggle itself but people always trying to get your stuff they're they're the real bad people in the world and if that is the point of the movie that is insane that is absolutely insane this movie made no sense is it fun hell yeah this movie made me laugh so much it is a really funny movie i really love the dialogue it's beautiful this movie is fantastic looking it struggles so much to do anything. It tries to tackle like racial politics at one point, and it just falls completely flat. Isn't that scripting make fault though? Any sense? No, I I literally think the main issue with the movie is she doesn't know who Oliver Quick is. 
Nobody knows who who the character is. Even Barry Keegan Keegan didn't know who, what the character was. Barry Keegan. Nobody <laughs> nobody knows what the point of the character is. And that was my biggest issue with Promising Young Woman is I think I can watch Promising Young Woman and, and as a man understand that this is somebody else's experience and, and, and watch that in a different light. Where in this, I'm supposed to be somebody who's struggling in my class looking at, like, we've seen this movie. This movie is also just the talented Mr. Ripley, yeah. just in a completely, like, reskinned uh, I've seen 2006 a lot of version. comparisons between the also, two Also, as a period piece, said in 2006... You can't watch Superbad. It isn't out no, yet. No, 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 no. Okay. It wasn't out yet. No, no, no. So You can't listen to Low. That song didn't come out yet. So Emerald Fennell actually took up on that criticism, and she said, I thought of all of this. She's like, I just went in my head. Oh, but they're rich, so they got a pre-screen. The movie yeah. wasn't even filmed. <laughs> it wasn't even filmed at that point. Why don't you take it up with her then? Yeah, because she lied. That's what it is, bro. <laughs> it's stupid. Now, there's so many issues with Promising Young Woman. Uh, but you can ignore them because it's it's a really it's a good script, and, and then there's a lot of really well done things about it. This takes everything that was wrong with that movie and is just even worse when it comes to this. This is such a bizarre. Like, what was the point of this? It's just a fun movie. <laughs> but but there's no point, and that that's my issue. Is like, you can't make promising young woman get an Oscar. And then make this. This this is stupid. And I have no idea why the actors did this. I think it's a really interesting idea for them. I don't know why P- Barry or, or Keegan did this because they're. I, I don't understand. You're a lot more negative than I thought you were going to be on this. It's a really funny movie. Like I like the movie. <laughs> it, it just completely either misunderstands the audience or has no point of it. But but you can't make a movie about that character and not understand what the character is. Yeah, I and agree. they just absolutely have no idea what the character is trying to do. You put that into words better than I was explaining it. I the character is just pretty lost in the film, and it, that's where it makes those shocking scenes a little bit more jarring because you're kind of like, oh, like why? Listen, the shock stuff is fine, but the shock stuff doesn't add anything. Like it's literally just to shock you. Yeah, and it's really difficult to watch. Like a lot of it is pretty tough to watch. Like like the jizz licking and the the bang in the grave, like it's odd. And and they're they're literally there just uh, just to be like, ah, I'm there was one sex scene with a grave. There was one scene that I was kind of like, ooh, him and Archie Medeque in the bed. I was kind of like, oh my, God. it's such a <laughs> the movie didn't make sense, and I don't think they knew what they were doing. Uh, do you want to? You were very negative on Archie Medeque in Gran Turismo. He's good. He turns your he opinion a little bit. I was a little bit surprised. They're fine. There's no bad performance in this movie. Barry Keegan doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's trying to do something. Carrie Mulligan showing up for three scenes and putting her absolute best into those scenes. She's, Slay. Is she one of the most underappreciated Oh, actors? could be, brother. I, I thought she should have won the Oscar for best so actress funny. over Frances McDormand in Nomadland. Mm, no, because I, I again, the, I didn't understand that character. Do you watch Nomadland? Yeah, uh, I gave that movie four stars, but I don't even know if I like really liked that movie. It was a weak year. It was the COVID year. Yeah, should have gave it to Hamilton to be honest. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> uh, I gave it four. I know I gave it three and a half stars. I like the technical achievements. Like this should be nominated for a lot of technical awards. I I. I, I don't understand how you could do that. This movie had so much wrong with it. I te- You don't nominate 
you can nominate this for oh ed- th- this could get like editing cinematography it looks editing. really good it looks fantastic that, that's what I was telling that's what I was talking about uh, and but aside from that like it, it's just a completely f- like fun film to watch that you it's kinda, really fun it won't leave you with much of an impression and it sucks because it feels like it could have left yeah an it doesn't mean anything it didn't need to over explain everything and I feel which like is, towards the end that's what it did which is kind of like the next movie we're gonna talk about oh no. <laughs> Oh no! Uh, Anyways, what'd, what'd you give this movie? Three, three. three and I gave it three and a half. Uh, I, this does not diminish any excitement I have from Emerald Fennell as a director, as a lot of other people out there are seeing. I've seen a lot. Of I don't work. know. There were a lot of red flags with Promising Young Woman, and I really like that movie. This movie confirmed all of my red flags for that. That's so. I I really liked Promising Young Woman. I I did too, but the character doesn't make sense, and exactly the same thing happened in this movie, except ten times more worse. I I should on okay. The, we're just told what her motivation is, and she never. We never see that in the character, we, and the end is atrocious. What they tried to do, the end they is didn't, fun. You didn't need to have that in a movie that that's kind of important. This movie is not important. This movie no. is. Listen, it's fun. Like you, like you'll in, it's really painful to watch at some points, but it's a really fun movie, and it's really funny. Like I laughed a lot. Shout out Jacob Elordi. Continue. Yeah. I, I thought it was kind of funny that like the movies we've reviewed on this podcast so far this year which shout out everyone that has us on our top for spotify wrapped eight of you there's eight of you that have us as our number one podcast thank you we appreciate all the love and support you guys are number one eight of eight people have us as number one i wasn't even number one i I don't even have this as number one either so there's eight of you out there that are listening to our podcast thank you we love you all we appreciate the support jacob alordi is hot in this film there's so many hot scenes of him oh this is a super sexy movie super sexy it is a beautiful uh, they look a fuck Freaking amazing oh, in this movie! I did not good, swear. Good censorship. They look there. beautiful in this film. So hot. Uh, I just thought it was funny that it was kind of like an amalgamation of a lot of the films or earlier films that we've seen this year. That all the cast and crew returning for it. I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, it's Archie Medeque, the guy that Mike hated in Gran Turismo. Oh, Jacob Elordi. We literally just saw a review of him earlier. I thought that was kind of funny. Don't make that face at me. What are you making faces at? I'm not making faces. You're making faces at me. What'd you give it? Uh, two stars. What? <laughs> it's a really funny movie, but I, it just had so many issues. Like it, it, it is a, it's also a really bad movie. It's a really bad movie, dude. Two it doesn't know what it is. Well. You can't have your main character and not know what the main character is. The plot. Okay, listen. In Promising Young Woman, it was really bad at telling the story. In this movie, it's horrible at telling the story. It's so bad, dude. It's really fun though, and it's super funny, but it's just not a good movie. Like it looks good, but there's the the there's so many issues with it that it should have been such a better movie, and that, that's why I think it's even worse. Two stars. Wow. Okay. Uh, I also <laughs> I wanted to bring this up on the podcast. I, I have one of, one of the people that listen to our podcast. Shout out Matt. Give him another shout out on the podcast. He commented on our killers review. And said that you took him on an emotional whiplash that entire <laughs> review. And I was like, thank God it was not just me that thought that. Because I mentioned it on the podcast that I thought you were going to give it like three and a half. And I thought you were going to give it one. And then you settled at two and a half. I was like, I don't understand you anymore. And he said the same thing. He's like, the words he used was, you gaslit me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to highlight that because. Hey, listen, it's a movie that you have to understand to get. And I had to explain my understanding of the movie. I just didn't <laughs> think it was very good movie. Just because, exactly, this is my one of my biggest points. Just because I understand what the movie's trying to do doesn't mean it's necessarily a good movie. 
And killers has a, or the killer has a lot in it that you have to understand to really wrap your head around what the movie is doing. And I think it failed at what it was trying to do. That was essentially my point of that movie. Are you a gaslighter? I will say I, I purposely did not post my review because I was very curious about well, your opinion, I and I it. wanted to talk. The only way I could talk you through that was me to say everything I thought about the movie so before. You I was me. trying to guess. You were okay. There you go, Matt. We got our confirmation. <laughs> Sorry, so, Matt. Uh, let's move on to the last one. So I have seen this film. I have given my mini review of the film. You already, have. So I'm going to let you run a lot of this stuff. The holdovers. It is about a boy. That is held over on Christmas break and has to stay back at his school with his professor and the unlikely bond that they make with each other. Yeah. Um, great performances in this thing. Super fun. Super amazing. Paul Giamatti is just sensational, man. Told you you are going to like him. All time great movie. Um, Dominic Sessa. Kid is really, really good. Dominic C says great. I did not film. know who who this guy was. Apparently, he was a student at the school that it was shot at. Uh, so they just like took him. Oh, over. Really? Yeah. Apparently, he was he was like auditioned and everything, but he was a student at the school, and they were like, "Well, we can't find anybody, and you're really good, so why don't we just throw you in?" And he is tremendous in this thing. Wow. Um, this movie is an Alexander Payne movie, and you can have your gripes with Alexander Payne. I think Election is one of the best movies, like, ever. That movie's amazing. Nebraska, I think, has issues, but I think it's a really good movie. Sideways, it's a good movie. The Descendants, uh, it got a lot of praise. I don't necessarily think that's one of his his better movies. Uh, and then the, <laughs> the, a lot of people put that at, like, yeah, they number love two. Descendants. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying. Um, and then Downsizing, I think, is when people really started to hate him. Yeah. Um, and listen, you can have your opinion on Downsizing. But it's Matt Damon, that's You small. can have your opinion on Downsizing. Downsizing, I didn't necessarily like that movie. This movie is like having some soup. This movie is just a good a good soup, and you, you have it, and you feel good. What type of soup? Uh, I don't know, veggie. And then at the, end of the, at the end of the soup, you're like, wow, that was a good soup. Uh, it's a really well- well done movie. I really like the acting. Um, again, doesn't doesn't take the swing that I want from an Alexander Payne movie. Doesn't it doesn't take that punch. Downsizing is a bad movie, but it really took a shot. And to watch this movie, there was no shot. It was just kind of this is what the movie is. Um, you cry. You can have a cry at this movie. Did you cry? I did not cry. But There's so many people crying. <laughs> you, can have, you can have a good cry at this movie. Uh, it's a great Christmas film. I wish I watched this movie with my parents. This movie is basically about the relationship that you have, especially with your parents, and someone who's been thinking a lot about you know the future that I want with my parents and how I'm going to see them and see out their lives and how I'm going to see my partner and her parent out with her life and how we're going to sort of... Uh, manage these relationships that we have with the the most uh, basically the most important people that we have in our lives at this point and i think about my parents constantly so watching this movie was is very good and the end has a very sweet ending um super nice ending the movie is just like a big warm hug it feels really good mm-hmm. i just wanted a big punch and he just never he didn't take the punch do you and need I, the punch though no, no no i don't think i think the movie's brilliant i don't okay. think you need a big punch uh but this i watched it at a good good hug 
felt like I wanted to watch this with my parents or something. But uh, no, this movie's just, it's really nice. It's a really nice movie. Some great performances. It's fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I love this movie. I just wish it took a big punch, you know? Alexander Payne's such a good actor. Or, or director. <laughs> just take take that punch, man. You may, Like, downsizing sucked. Listen. And there's defenders of downsizing. That movie had a... Those guys are weird. Downsizing is not good. <laughs> downsizing? Yeah. I liked I liked the concept. I think it it took a big swing. Yeah, the concept's fine, but the script is terrible. <laughs> yeah. This, this movie's really good. But it feels like in five years I'm going to see it on cable. And that's how I'll watch it again. That's not a bad thing. Like, it's not. It's the not. way I described this was a Christmas classic waiting to happen, and it's literally going I, I, to end up like that. I really like this movie for a Christmas movie. I think I think it's great. It's such a fun. I really want to watch this with my parents. It feels like an old Christmas movie too. Like, and that that, that can sound really stupid from a film that's like purposely trying to be old with the way that it's presented and it's old, like the static and the way that the the sound is, which is also masterful. But it, it feels like an old Christmas film that you would grow up loving and like rewatching every single Christmas. And this is what this film feels like to me. I'm waiting to rewatch it. I'm probably going to rewatch it in a couple weeks from now. But I really loved it when I saw it. I wish I saw it around Christmas time because I think it would have really put yeah. me into that mood. And I think that the punch for me was more of that relationship between him and I. What was his Paul Giamatti's name in this film? Was it Paul? Paul. Yeah, it was Paul. Paul uh, Hunham. Yeah, I thought that that relationship was that punch for me because you you learn a lot more about these guys when yeah. you dissect that relationship. And, and I guess him real- doing the whole like going back and then discovering him about his past. Yeah. And you're like, why? Why'd you lie to me the whole time? That was. And to take two very unlikable characters and make them so beloved is just such a classic trope, and it was handled really well. And I just think it's like one of the more feel good films of the year. And I struggle to think of anyone who would sit back and be like, yeah, that wasn't very good. I knew this was going to be Mike Core the second I saw this. I was like, yeah, Mike is going to end up really liking this film. So I'm glad you ended up liking it. What do you think of uh, Divine Jory Randolph's character? Good. good. I, I, I like the movie. I didn't really have an issue. Did you? No. I, I fine. I, I liked her performance a lot. I think she's great. Yeah. I wish that they explored her a little bit more, though. I feel like she was kind of thrown to the side just a little yeah. bit too much. And I get it's supposed to be between the two of them, but she was but the was, third yeah, it was, that was the, there. It was about the three people, so like and you should I, have. I, I wanted a bit more from her, you know? Like I, I just wanted a little bit more. But I, yeah, I, I love fine. the film. It's a cozy film. It's a really good film. The way you describe it as a soup, it's a good description. It's a good soup. It feels give, like a hug. You give it four stars? Three and a half. What, what's holding you back from the four? The punch? That, that much? No, not the punch. It's just... I don't know. There's something about just like a sincere movie no, that like give it four I, stars. I want more. Give from. it give it four stars. No, because I knew where it was going. It's it's very sincere. It's great acting. It's just give it four stars. No, like when I watch a movie like The Fablemans, it has like that. It's still like that, but it has that. that uh, you know, and this does movie, it. This, the Fablemans is very similar to this. It is very, but I, I like The Fablemans more. I thought the Fablemans had like that extra, really? that extra like layer of something. This I movie, I like, like I knew where it was. I knew where it was going. Uh, the, I, listen, the Fablemans is literally just like there's paint by something. Numbers. There's something about s- the sincere movies that just like end like that. I mean, there's nothing bad with the ending where it's just like, hey, they could go and have very nice lives and, and very fun. Um, but I, I wanted something extra, you know. I wanted like a, a different something. Just didn't have that that uh, for me. It's a good Christmas movie. It's a really good Christmas movie. I'm sure if I watch this later, I'll enjoy it more. 
Four stars. Three and a half. Three and a half, man. That's lame. I give it four and a half as a refresher. Oof. It's in my top ten. It's good. It's good. It's a really good movie. Oof. It's a really yeah, good movie. Yeah, <laughs> It is in my top ten. Oh, yeah, you have a weird top. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. We're, we're approaching top ten season, and I'm afraid to see Why? what ends up on Mike's top tens. I don't Buddy, know. you had Guardians of the Galaxy 3 on there. I still do have Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. Did you finish Guardians? Yeah, but... <laughs> When did you finish oh, Guardians? Buddy. Oh, like a week ago, dude. Oh. I've been watching that over time. Then why don't you tell me what you watched? What I watched? Ooh, buddy, there's so much. Start with Guardians. Okay, I finished Guardians. Okay. Because um, I've been waiting for like three on, months bro. for you to finish. No, you don't give me Falling for this trap. <laughs> change your life then. If that movie touched you in any sort of way, change your life. It didn't change my life. It's no, change movie. your life. If you watch that movie and it affected you in any emotional way, then change what you're doing. Okay, no, there's tons of people out there that are sensitive to like animal cruelty and things like that. So it probably you're not. Did. No, I'm not. Of course I'm not. So, so you bought it. You you <laughs> bought into like, oh, I'm gonna cry at this raccoon being sad. I thought someone was gonna die in the film, and then they didn't. I don't know. It, there's just nothing there. Didn't you like Guardians? I like the first one. You didn't like the second. It's like it's fine. It's just it's too late. Like there's so much of a superhero hangover. As much as you say there isn't, nobody gives a crap about this stuff anymore. Especially a movie like this where it did try to change something in this world. It's just I'm not falling for that crap. I watched Okra. <laughs> what? What is that? The 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 one about the hippopotamus. Okja. Okja. That Okja. one. <laughs> Okra. The Bonju Hone. Yeah. Bonju. Yeah, they didn't change anything. This, these movies know. aren't doing anything. They, they're made for you to feel like, oh, I feel so sad for the animal. I'm going to give it all my money. Do something then. It's fake. It's fake. It's like you bought into this stupid, like, oh, I'm going to feel something. Like, it's dumb. It's a, it's a dumb movie. It's a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's a bad take. So it's legitimately, dude, it's a bad movie. It's 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 not boring. What'd you give I'll it? I'll give you that. Two stars. Of course. I think your two stars is my three stars. When Maybe we, when we end up watching a movie that we're no, like, I'm never gonna rewatch that movie. I think it. I don't think it's a good movie. I'm never I don't, gonna. I don't re- recommend that. Movie. I don't restart. I don't rewatch three star movies very much either. It's the same thing. Three stars are kind of like oh, you can kind of take it or leave it. Especially when on Letterbox, what I appreciate with that is that they have the the liked, so you give the heart. So my three star without a heart is like kind of like ah, it was. I didn't really like it. Three stars with a heart is like yeah, it's it's fine. But I, so I, we're probably pretty similar. But also, two stars is way too low. It's a good movie. You're just a no. hater. You just don't like superheroes, except for Spider-Verse. And that's fine. You're allowed to not like it. Of course not. <laughs> I don't like that movie. Of that's course f- I'm not going to like it. Okay. And I, I should stop recommending you Marvel stuff then. Oh, yeah, dude. You really should. They're not good movies, man. Some of them are good. This no. one was good. That one was that, good. That was not a good movie. I, I like... I know you want to think it is, because you like that you like those movies, and it was a different movie than from what it was doing. I don't know if I like those movies, I would have given the Marvels a good review, and I have seen the Marvels now. Um, yeah, Marvel is kind of in trouble. <laughs> it's pretty. It's not a very good movie. I kind of I liked Nia DaCosta's last film, The Candyman. I thought it was pretty good. It's fine. It's it's just what Marvel does is that they like to find these indie directors and just plug them into these films, and yeah. they're immediately just like, "Here you go, you can now be in our system." And it's kind of what this film does, even though it has a lot of cool action scenes, specifically towards the beginning when they're switching a lot. 
and I like the idea of these characters switching every time they use their powers. It's kind of a fun little trope to put in a superhero movie. Aside from that, the movie is so unbelievably boring and just so unnecessary. Like, there is nothing there. It's a short superhero movie. It's like 105 minutes. It's one of the shortest MCU movies. It comes. It goes. It doesn't matter. Why are you describing every superhero movie, though? Because my okay, I we're we're like, gonna, I'm sorry, dude. You can't say that about a movie, and then you're saying that oh, it's a bad reason. That's every superhero movie in the past like decade. No, okay. yes, no, 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 yes, no. Um, sorry, buddy, but it's true. It's not like true. you can like your superhero movies and now be over it and be like, oh, the one with the kid is like, annoying me. Like, come on, man. No, the 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 last couple films, the six Guardians aside, have all been like I haven't really been fans of them, and I. Speaking of the kid, you're talking about Miss Marvel in the film. Eman Vellani is the only thing that actually has like a beating heart in this movie. It's all so drab and boring. She is so good as Miss Marvel because she grew up with this character, she knew this character, and she clearly cares about this character. And it shows. She's tremendous in this movie. I love her a lot in this film. Everyone else, Brie Larson. I know how talented Brie Larson is. I've seen it so many countless times. Marvel does not know how to use her, and I don't know if that is just this character of Captain Marvel is just not it for her, but they don't know how to put her into movies and to make her a... her. It just sucks. It sucks seeing her used as this and being such a side character in these movies because she's so unremarkable and so wooden, and that's not the Brie Larson I know that I have seen in all of these movies, and it's the same thing here. She's so drab in this film, and it sucks to watch. I like her. Her arc doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter, and she's just kind of there, just like cakewalking her way through scenes, and it sucks. It sucks, and I hate how Marvel has used her. And I, it, it actually just blows my mind that they don't know how to use Brie Larson properly. And I don't know what they do. I, I, she's ruining her career. I don't know why. She's I think that, these I things. think they need to stop putting her in these films because she, I don't know what she's doing. It's just it sucks, man. They don't know if they want to make her serious. They don't want to know if they want to make her be like comedic. They just don't know what to do with her. And it's it was troubling in Captain Marvel, which I think is a better movie than the Marvels actually was. Um, you saw it in Endgame. You're kind of like, uh, like I don't really know what they're doing with her. And it's the same here. Like they don't have a character arc for her, and therefore her acting struggles throughout it. And it sucks because she is so talented. Go back to doing other stuff. Like I, I agree with you. I don't think she should come back. Go back and do what we know what you can do. The spectacular now. Like go back and do these films. We that we know that she is so talented in room. It, it sucks. Um, the, the villain is just atrocious. Uh, it's probably the worst Marvel villain ever. I don't even remember Ooh. her name. It is like by far the worst. She has no reason for her to be in there. The film is watchable. Samuel Jackson, I watched. I'm not going to bore everyone with it. Secret Invasion, I watched that as like a binge through because I know I didn't want to finish the show, but I finished it. The character between Samuel Jackson and that, and then immediately after this, which apparently took place like days after... Secret Invasion, literally night and day difference. Like, he is just so goofy over the top, doesn't care at all, and it's ridiculous because in Secret Invasion, he's just brooding, like, oh, I'm Samuel Jackson. And this, he's like, oh, I'm Samuel Jackson, and, like, over the top and just comedic character. Horrible. And Marvel needs to just reboot, and I'm glad they're rebooting. There's only one movie coming out next year, so they clearly are just trying to figure out everything and just figure it out. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like this movie. I gave it two and a half stars. Wow, for you, two and a half stars. Two Marvel movies this year is two and a half stars. Brutal. 
Okay, you want me to run money through everything I watch? I watch a ton. Yeah, go for it. All right. Because um, I don't have much else. I still watch like a couple other things, but they're very unremarkable. So I rewatched I Love You, Man. Not very good. I love you too. <laughs> not very good. Um, really offensive, but not like in the way that you're like, oh, this movie's gonna age poorly. Like it just has like a couple jokes, but they're just it's just not really a funny movie. Watch Xmas 2023, new movie with the uh, Gossip Girl and uh, what's his name's brother. Sure. Listen, very funny movie. I gave it three stars. I thought it was actually pretty good. I thought it it was really it's just a stupid Christmas low budget funny movie. Very fun. Recommend. I watched Faith-Filled Christmas, which is about um, <laughs> people trying to cancel Christmas and about Christians trying to get it back, brother. Give that half a star. Terrible. I watched Silver Linings Playbook again. Good Listen, movie? I love the Eagles. Five stars, baby. That movie rules. I love that movie so much. That guy wears an Eagles jersey to dinner. I know. I want to do that so bad. Speaking of the spectacular now, I watched the spectacular now. Good movie. Great movie. I love that movie. Uh, not as good as I remember it. She's Def- in that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, she's, oh, okay. she's the ex-girlfriend. Um, there's movies that you really connect with as a young man, and you're like, what? Well, you know, like, good movie, solid. And then you grow up a bit, and you're like, ah, oh, I was written by a dude. Those women, <laughs> those women are one-dimensional. They are very poorly written characters. Still really like the movie, so I still gave it four stars, but very disappointed as rewatching as an adult. <laughs> Mm. Uh, not very good. I watched Matt Rife, Natural Selection. What the hell the is comedy that? special? Oh, people that, have yeah. been crave, raving about this thing and dunking on it. Uh, awful. No. Listen, you can be offensive. I'm okay with that when it comes to comedy specials. I, I think when you go into a comedy special, you have to understand the type of humor that you're going to see. People are, are either trying. The whole point of comedy is to tally the line of like offensive and not offensive and try to make a joke. He just never makes a joke. It's just, it just, just explains stuff a lot, doesn't it? It's just he? not funny. Yeah, it's just, you just never like, he's not very good at setting up jokes and he's not very good at telling jokes. It, it's, it's not very good. Like, as a comedy special, it's horrible because you never laugh one time. And I'm not, like, people are going to think that, oh, you're just into the cancel culture or whatever. I'm literally not. Like, this is just, just, not, I really like comedy and this is just not funny. So it gets half a star because it, it didn't tell me one joke. Nothing will make you laugh. It's brutal. And I watch Bottoms. Finally. Oh. Got over to Bottoms. There we go. Love this movie. I knew you would. Super wicked. Four and a half stars. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, I love this movie. Whoa. Super slow start. I thought it was going to be about just like high school girls trying to have sex, and I hate that type of stuff, and it's not. It is not at all. It is a really fun Great. I love the ending. I love how it's like you think what it is, and then it's just like, no, nope, let's just start killing people. That's <laughs> sick. It's awesome. That movie's wicked. That Avril Lavigne scene. Wow. Ah, brilliant. Best use of complicated I've seen in a movie. Uh, then I watched American Underdog, 2021 movie <laughs> about <laughs> Kurt Warner, Zachary Levy. This movie sucks. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It's so clearly, like, made-for-TV, like, Southern football people. Ah, I love me some Kurt Warner. His movie's awful. He sucks. He's a bad actor. He's a bad a lot, actor. A lot of people have fallen off the Zachary Levi train. Dude, I, I really like Chuck. Tried to rewatch Chuck. Again, another thing you rewatch, you're like, oh, that was a bad kid. I think this was misogynistic to like. Isn't that everything in the 2000s? Oh, bro, it was bad. Then I watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I'm surprised you sh- stonked on this movie. You, you're getting real close you to this the, movie a bad review. We, this movie's we, really fun, man. Really good world building. You feel like you're in Whoville. Super fun. Looks amazing. Short. 
funny. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm surprised. It's just like a short, funny movie. It's kind of creepy. Super creepy, but in like a really cool way. It's great world building. I the, think it's because the I like- The they make is like fantastic. I like Am the Grinch. You know, all that negativity. You hate the, I you am hate the it, Grinch that I'm just kind of like, I don't want my heart to change. So watched I, a 2020 movie, 2022, oh, I gave that three stars. I watched a 2022 movie called Your Christmas or Mine, which is about a couple and they, they try to like surprise each other at the other person's Christmas, but they end up going to the other person's house for Christmas and they spend their Christmas with the other people's families. It was a horrible movie, one and a half stars. Never watched that movie. Okay. And then I watched Napoleon. You did watch a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, Napoleon. That was another one that we did not get to. Napoleon. It is a sex rom-com. It is a comedy movie, which I was not what? expecting. <laughs> what are you this talking movie, about? <laughs> oh, dude, I am not kidding. This movie is like a rom-com, sex pesty. Like, the whole thing is Napoleon, which is Jakeem, Jokey. Joaquin You're Noah. struggling with names. Joaquin Normally, I'm Noah. the one that slurs my words. You're the one that's taking over this pod. I, Joaquin I Phoenix. Joaquin Noah. Walking imagine Phoenix. If, imagine if Joaquin Noah was. God. Was Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joaquin Phoenix yeah. is. Uh, he's he's a really he does a really interesting job. He's he's really good at playing a character like this. Of course he is. Um, it's just, I don't get the character. Like I, I don't know what they're trying to do. Uh, Ridley Scott hates French people. You can tell in this movie. Basically, it's Napoleon. He does something, you know, Napoleon-esque, comes back, screws his wife, and it's all about, like, hey, listen, even all these these powerful men throughout history were just sex freaks. There's, it's just sex freak stuff. It's just about him being a freaky little sex freak. I've seen a lot of mixed reviews on this movie. I'm kind of interested to go see it. How's Vanessa Kirby in it? The, listen, the performances are fine. Okay. It looks amazing. The The fight scenes are incredible. The the like well, battle that, scenes Scott movie. are incredible. Things you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. There's shots through like underneath ice. It, it, it's fantastic. Just you can't fit all of Napoleon in this one movie. So you're watching the four like, hour. You, cut. you get to the end and you're like, we're at Waterloo. Okay, well I know it's gonna happen. It's just gonna end. And you're like, what what the hell is the point? Like it's like skipping through time. It looks it looks really good. It, historically, doesn't make any sense. Which, listen, I don't mind that. I don't care if you're going to make, like, an interesting movie. The movie's just not very interesting, and it's just very one-dimensional. But it's it's wicked to watch. Like, and it's very funny. I didn't expect to laugh so much. It's a really funny movie. So you're watching the four-hour cut when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really funny movie, which I, I'm surprised that it's, like, a rom-com. I didn't expect it to be that. I, I know nothing about the movie. I've seen one trailer, and it does not look like a rom-com at no, all. No, <laughs> buddy, it's, it's literally just about, like, freaky sex guy. Guy having weird, freaky sex stuff. Okay. Anyhow, that's all I watched. Why don't you give me some news? No, didn't you watch another one? What, what else did I watch? Wish? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I watched Wish. Chris Pine's brilliant. Which, I, I'm not watching Wish, so yeah, we're not going to review it Chris Pine's brilliant. Um, Chris Pine? What's his name? Oh, yeah, it is, is Chris Pine. That's Chris Pratt. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yes, Chris, Chris Pine's Pine. really, really good. Yeah. Uh, songs are fine. The movie is okay. It's not a Disney princess movie, which is what I thought it was going to be. It has a lot of weird callbacks to, like, Disney because it's, like, the 100th year anniversary. So it was trying to be, like, something else that it shouldn't have been. Lame. It's a fine movie. I wish I watched it as a kid. I feel like if I was a kid, I'd really enjoy this movie. Uh, just not for me and a lot of issues with it. Bombed. It's okay. Bombed at the box office yeah, once it's again. It's fine. It's a fine movie. I, it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. It's like perfectly watchable. 
leaded uh, Bob Iger into saying that they need to stop making sequels and need to stop focusing on quantity and more quality. You know what that means, Mike? You hear that in the distance? What? It sounds like some Cine News. <gasps> Cine News. Do you want to do the like, the intro again? Do you want to do the, the, like, the, the jingle for the Cine News? Welcome uh, to Cine News. Okay. This one you'll like. I, I shortened it. It's not as long, so you'll appreciate that. It's a lot faster. Hayden Christensen, your favorite actor and mine. You're a big Hayden Christensen fan, aren't you? Yeah, I, I am a Hayden Christensen fan. You'll boy. be excited about this. He has signed onto an agency independent artist group, potentially signaling that he is resurgence in his acting career outside of Star Wars. So maybe you'll see Hayden Christensen again. That's kind of fun, <laughs> I guess. You right, excited? Listen, I like him. Is he a good actor? No. He's a great actor. <laughs> Is he? He might be one of the best actors of our generation. Who knows? Ro- Robert Eggers' is Nosferatu. This yes. long film that no one was expecting to come out because it has been in production hell for the longest amount of time. Well, there was a little image that was put out a couple weeks ago, and it is officially set. It's release date, December 25th. 2024, another film wow. to get added to the 2024 slate, starring Lily Rose Depp from the Idol fame. Hello, Angel. Bill Skarsgård, Nicholas Holt, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Willem Dafoe. And not only that, will release on the same date as Jordan Peele's newest film. So there yeah. will be a double header of Jordan Peele and Robert Eggers on Christmas Day. Talk about making your Christmas very, very dark. Mark Cuban. Everyone knows that lovely billionaire. You a fan of Mark Cuban? Yeah, he's cool. Well, he's leaving Shark Tank after yeah. 16 years. Also sold majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. $3.5 billion. Listen, I see a lot of people saying, wow, look at the success story. $3.5 billion. He only bought it for $250 million. Oh, yeah. Listen, if I had $250 million, I could make that in $3.5 billion in like 30 years if I bought a sports team at that much money. Like, come on. That's not a success story. That's just he looked out at the right time, people. He also is like keeping majority stake in the Mavs as well. So no, he sold his majority stake. He's keeping uh, a, he's keeping he's a creative control. basketball operations yes. or whatever. So look good for him, I guess. I don't know. Is he, reti- is he running for president? <laughs> I don't know. Would you vote for Mark Cuban? Uh, no. No? No. Billionaires shouldn't exist. And if you're a billionaire, you definitely don't represent anybody. Okay. Uh, Furiosa. You, you know about this film? Charlie Theron. Mad Max Fury Road, the prequel to that film, got its first official look a couple of days ago. Uh, a lot of gold, it looks like. And the trailer, at the time of this recording, has debuted at oh. a fi- at a festival. It is not yet online, but it is looking like it will be coming out shortly. That film comes out next year. It is George Miller's newest film. It's probably going to be insane by the looks of the first I opening look. George Miller. So if you're listening to the podcast, maybe it's out now. So go take a look. I'm excited for that film. I know you're excited for that film. Go watch Babe, man. Babe's such a good movie. Babe is a good movie. You're right about that. And I'm going <laughs> to... You're going to get mad at me for this one. Slay it on me. You love the boys universe? Nope. We're getting more. The boys, Mexico. What? (laughs) It is officially in the works. Diego Luna will executive produce but not star in a major capacity. You know who's going to write it? Who? The writer of Blue Beetle. 
<laughs> that's oh, my fave. <laughs> that's why I put it on there. All right. Yeah. You can take the. You can just take me out back now. This bad. Just, just end it. What the hell was that, dude? I said, give me news I want to know about. You giving me Blue Beatles writing the worst shit? Like, come on! I, hey, you said it there. I heard it. You, I, you can't get away from that one. I heard that one. I didn't say it. I heard it. Thanksgiving two is officially in the I works. I want to see Thanksgiving. That I do want to see the first one say. as well. Eli Roth will be returning to direct the film. Releases in 2025, and that wraps up Cine News for this week. Look at that! Wow, nice easy breezy. You want to know what's coming out this week? Sure. Not that much. Slow Horses, season three on Slow Apple horses? TV. Slow Horses? As they say in the British accent. Slow Horses? Is it is the Gary saying? Oldman spy television show on Apple TV+. Plus. The new season has started, so if you want to go watch that, they have done like two seasons in this span of like a year because they filmed them back to back. Yeah. Came out. Everyone's loving the new season. I've watched the first season. I liked it. Didn't finish, so maybe I'll get onto it eventually. Probably not. Doctor Who... New episode, Wild Blue Yonder. This is a second episode after they already put a, another one out. You big Doctor Who fan? No, you're not. I already know you're not a Doctor Who fan. Me? Yeah. Doctor Who's fine. You're not going to watch it? Am I not? No, I'll, I'll watch it. It's fine. Okay. As for movies, I'm there's- I'm okay with Doctor Who. Like, I don't, I'm not like mad at it. Okay. Well, there's a couple movies coming out this week. Next week is the big one with poor things, but between now and then- Silent Night, this is another Christmas John Wick-style action film that's coming out. I'm sure Mike is not going to go see that. May-December. Want to go see May-December? What's that? May-December is a it is a considered an awards contender that's coming out no. on Netflix. It's with Julianne Moore. Oh, by the way, something about the holdovers. I'm not. I'm not. I don't know if that should be like in the award categories. Oh, you saw the trailer at the holdovers. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I'm saying the holdovers movie. Like it's oh. getting a lot of Oscar buzz. I don't. I don't know. Oh no, it's gonna, it's gonna get nominated one. everywhere. Yeah, I don't know why. Listen, you could get actor. I think the acting was amazing. Because it's like very technically well done as well. Yeah, it's just. And normally, when a film is like I want that, something more from a movie like that. Well, like you're they, not going it, to. Like it was just soup with no broth. You're not going to. Okay. Let me tell you about May December. Todd Haynes' newest film with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman. This comes out on Netflix. It has been in limited release recently. It is finally going out on Netflix. It has been getting insanely good reviews. So this could make a spoiler at the Academy Awards. So I'll be checking it out. Not sure if Mike will or not. The one that I want both of us to check out. Godzilla minus one. Yes, sir. This movie has been getting ridiculous reviews. Everyone is going out and saying that like this is putting Hollywood hey, blockbusters whoa, 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 to whoa, shame. Oh, don't tell me that. To shame. To shame. I may say. So, we will be going out and checking this out, and hopefully by the time I get back from Montreal next week, we'll be able to talk about it when I go and watch the film. How are we feeling? I think that's a good spot to wrap up. How about you? I think that's perfect, brother. Let's wrap it. Play up, me that then. music. Okay, hold on. Takes me a little bit. All right. If listen, if you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to follow, I got it. share, I got the subscribe. Music. Ready? There's the music. My name is Mike Jose Collins. You can find me on X. You can find Jake at Jake underscore Schultz six. Jake just dropped a couple new articles. If you guys are into wrestling, you can yeah. read a little bit about CM Punk's return to the WWE. Crazy. Sportsnet.ca. If you guys are interested in anything else we do, Jake is putting up a brand new article about, all about CM Punk on the Toronto Observer. And you can find me at Bureautech at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays for any trivia hosting or any trivia needs that you guys want to fulfill. Thanks for the um, shout-outs. 
Yeah, absolutely. And feel free to follow the Dream Team podcast <laughs> where all, well, congratulations, all of your girlfriends had you guys in the top five. So that, that means that's, I must be great for you guys. Okay, to be fair, Apple is our most popular one on that one, okay? Cinemates is popular on Spotify. Dream Team is popular on Apple. I don't know how it works. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for having us on our top 10. That's, like, insane. Like, I appreciate it. Yes, it means a lot. Work. We've had a lot of support this year. We hope to keep on doing this. Anyway, bye-bye. Bye, guys.